0: So, welcome back to the No More Leadership BS Podcast. We are glad you are listening to us. Our number one goal is to provide value to you in 20 short minutes. An episode or two ago, Geoff said this was the Chuck Norris thing because we we do in 20 minutes what should take three or four hours. And really, we're boiling down decades of experience into 20 minutes. And therefore, you have to listen to every episode. Otherwise, you're going to miss something because you never know when a good nugget's going to pop out. Hello, everybody. I'm Jeff Geyer, Phoenix Coaching, and I'm with Myra Hall, Dr. Sam Jennings, Jeff Geoff McLaughlin, and my good buddy Jeff Conroy, even though he supports the Oregon Ducks, but anyway, he's still my friend. And what hey, we
1: want to j- just real in, in honor of the Pendleton Roundup this week, Letter Buck. Oh,
0: oh, did you know? For those of you that don't know where Pendleton is, you can Google it. And if you Google <laughs> Pendleton High School, right out in front, it says Letter so Buck. That, that thing—that's a different kind of high school there in Pendleton. Anyway, what we, <laughs> we want to talk about today is the stress that jobs bring us. And of course, there aren't any jobs, there probably isn't uh, anything in life, actually, that is totally stress-free. Stress is everywhere in the world and everywhere in our environments. And actually, I, I believe that without stress, we couldn't grow. There, There's even seeds you have to put them in the ground and and there has to be some resistance to get them to grow. It's all about the science of testing. How do we get food to grow in the vacuum of space? Those kind of things, because there isn't any resistance. But so stress is around. But what I want to talk about today and get your um, uh, opinions and experience on is how do we deal with stress? What do we react to it or respond to it? Those kind of things. And how do we function as leaders when it feels like our tachometer is running in the red all the time that we are at redline running at our maximum designed speed and that if we somehow get faster or more stressful than that we're, we're actually going to implode or burn out those kind of things the engine analogy so let's start with you dr sam if we could Stressful situations and maybe the difference between reaction and responding to those situations.
2: The stressful situation is an interesting starting point because we are fans of saying, because we've said all together and I've said independently, we're not doing brain surgery here. This isn't life and death. And that context is meant to be, yes, this might be a big deal ish, but it's not a cosmic big deal. What that does unintentionally i think is diminishes the stress somebody's having about their not life and death situation so if we honor the fact that somebody is stressed over getting cut off in traffic or they reserved a room for their presentation that changed rooms last second that's their actual stress so let's let's, let that be their stress first of all so now moving to the respond versus react Uh, a reaction typically is emotional frustrated and maybe there's a lash out, maybe there's a shutdown. You know, one of those kinds of um reactions that if you had a moment, you may not do. You may not choose that kind of engagement. Whereas the response is that you have the stress, you have the situation, pause, let yourself process for just a second and then respond in a way that is a little bit more engaging and meaningful. You can still be upset maybe upset doesn't lead the show. It's just a supporting character. So the the response is a little more measured, a little more meaningful, and something you can look back on later and say, okay, that wasn't the best, but certainly wasn't the worst. Where if you fly off the handle, yeah, that was my best me. And that's just how it was.
0: So in business, based on Sam, because I agree with you that most of the things that that cause us a whole bunch of stress aren't, as you described it, cosmic kind of things They really aren't life and death kind of things. So in business, what I heard you say, and and I want your response to this, is that in business, responding is uh, much more preferred than reacting because this stuff really isn't cosmic.
2: That's my assertion because a response... The way I define it, my brain is thoughtful and takes in multiple data points, whereas a reaction is that threat in front of me needs to be dealt with instantly, which is maybe the case, but rarely is.
0: Yeah that, that may be where the whole count to 10 before you say anything came from huh just to give you the pause my, Myra what what are your thoughts you spent a long time in real estate and although I've never been in real estate I've bought and sold a bunch of real estate and every time even back in my banking career financed a lot of real estate every single time it was challenging. Every single time it was, what's the word I'm looking for? It just was stressful. Yeah. Whether you're on the buy side or the sell side or even on the financing or, or whatever. So yeah. How do you approach this kind of stuff?
3: I learned over my 20 years that there's always going to be stress when there's opposing forces. And in real estate, you have a buyer who is buying a house and a seller who is selling a home and so there are opposing forces there but stress is something that is necessary t- to keep us alive number one it's a motivator it gets us up out of our seat but it's also one of the most harmful things we can do to our body is to stay in in complete stress all the time the reason being and i love brain science like geoff but when we get under stress, then we stop thinking. Cortisol floods our system, and it was meant to get out of the way of that saber-toothed tiger and quick. Or in modern day, if it sees a car come and move. But you stop making decisions, conscious decisions. In fact, your brain shuts down. Your frontal cortex is not able to make decisions. And until and, and you count to 10, which it literally takes 90 seconds for the cortisol to leave, is worth counting to 10 came from, then you put yourself in a position where you can make a thoughtful decision again. But literally, you're unable to when you're in a, a tremendously stressful situation. And if you continue to keep in that, then you do like I do. You burn out on real estate. There's nothing, you either learn to deal with the stress and learn how to not make it stressful, and not taking it personal is one of the big things, or you get out. And there's a saying early on in in real estate, the ones that will make it are the ones that learn how to go through the waves. In other words, don't ride the crest, they don't go to the bottom, ride through the waves. And that's the way I was able to stay into it is i became a, an emotion sucker i wasn't a real estate agent i was an emotion sucker i had to learn how to to suck the emotion out of the situation so that they could make a, an informed and decision based on what's best for them does that make sense
0: that makes perfect sense yeah i was reading a study or article the other day that referenced a study that said one in four americans describe themselves as super stressed. And I thought, wow, 25% of Americans are super stressed. And uh, obviously there's, and you you alluded to them, there's obviously all kinds of negative side effects, reduced productivity and lack of concentration and making you irritable and depressed and all those things. And there's a new research, I think, that shows actually that this chronic stress thing can actually double your risk of having a heart attack. And that doesn't sound good to me. So, Geoff, in your world of play, it seems like this is right in your wheelhouse, buddy. How do we help people as leaders reduce the stress or react and respond to stress appropriately? Because I I agree with Myra, it's necessary to have it, but how do we deal with it so it doesn't kill us?
4: So, what Myra is saying, that rush of cortisol in your system is your fight, flight, or freeze mechanism, and that's built into your system biologically to help you survive sudden death situations. It's not meant to be a slow drip system, which is what the stress that most people experience in the workplace is And every day I'm going in and I'm getting stressful stress. It's not I have to run away because I'm going to die right now, but it's the slow drip system. And that causes a myriad of health problems for people, which is why you get an increase in stroke and heart attack risk for people who are under a, like a lot of stress all the time and so one of the ways to help flush that cortisol out of your system is joy and laughter so if you literally get good belly like gut busting knee slapping pee your pants laughter that <laughs> flushes the cortisol from your system which is why that play or that that for me play whether subjective as it is helps to release that cortisol helps to alleviate the stress And it's literally flushing chemicals out of your body that shouldn't be there, which is that cortisol drip. You need it for fight or flight for that immediate. So like last night I was driving home and I like, I came up on a wreck 30 seconds. And it happened 30 seconds prior to when I got there on the freeway, somebody hit a deer and their car was in a ditch and there were already multiple people helping them. And I was like, oh crap, but there's still a giant deer carcass in the middle of the freeway. And I went, oh boy, that's bad. So I avoided it, the truck behind me avoided it. I got on the phone call, I called 911. But I can imagine like my stress level went up when I saw what was happening and that was an immediate reaction of danger. This is dangerous. If I don't pay attention, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have problems here myself. But there was already people helping. I was like, it would not benefit me or them if all of a sudden there's, I have other people that pull over. Now it's like a big problem, but I was able to call 911. They immediately got people out there. I could see them coming from Wallace, Idaho, and I was like, "Okay, cool. They're going to be they're going to have help in like literally a matter of minutes." So that's that stress response. But when you're in work, dude, that slow stress over time is soul crushing. Is actually the Japanese have a word for it? It's called karoshi, and it's the uh, Japanese word for death by overwork. And people are dying in their forties of massive heart attacks and strokes because there's so much stress and they're doing so many things. They're not actually playing and having that stress relief. So you have to have something that, you know, whether that's people at your job that like just bring you joy every time you see them, you just start laughing because you have your personal inside jokes, stress release, boom, it goes away. And then you can go back into the situation and you can access your frontal lobe again and actually think about things. But without that, your frontal lobe is much less effective. That's your executive functioning right there in that frontal
0: lobe. So, yeah. And I suspect that trying to flush that cortisol out of your system with good scotch probably isn't the way to do it either, right? (laughs) No, it doesn't
4: work. Unfortunately, that's, yeah, because that also inhibits your ability to sleep well through the night, which also increases your stress response hormones when you have something stressful happen again. Unfortunately, there you go. All all bad. So, Conroy, he takes all the fun out of stuff, man.
0: I know he does.
4: Don't get me—I still
0: like the good scotch. (laughs) We're still going to have a couple of fingers of scotch, Conroy. Hey, I I know Jeff that in your history and and experience leading big organizations, that you've encountered lots of stressful situations. What can you drop on the listener here today that's going to help them? deal with all that stress? Because I, I don't think you can get it to go away completely, but you got to be able to deal with it effectively.
1: Well, and that's where the relationship comes in, where you're doing things as a team. If, if, if you're the head of the team, yes, you're going you're gonna to weigh the, the brunt of the pressure. But by having it as a team and saying, how are we going to fix that? How are we going to address this? How are we going to make this happen? Eases it. It disperses the stress a little bit. It's got to be fun. It's got to be fun. You got to be light. If you start getting heavy, doom and gloomy, everyone's going to start feeling that weight and the things that weigh us down are time limits. You got to have something to do tomorrow. When I was with the boy scouts, the old saying was 80% of the money's raised 24 hours before the turn-in. We would go out the day before and raise as much money as we can and there's pressure, but I would take the week leading up working with my fundraising team saying, okay. What's our plan going to be this week to make this goal? So we as a team did it. And when we did hit that goal and we turned it in and everybody was happy with us, we went back to the team and we had a mini celebration. I would buy them lunch. I would say, hey, let's go out for coffee. I'd get them gift cards, that type of stuff. It it doesn't have to be expensive, but it has to be immediate. It can't be, hey, we're doing really well. When this is all said and done, let's go have a party, which you will as well. But you've got to celebrate the little victories before the big victory.
0: So spreading the stress out amongst many people instead of one person carrying the entire load. Yeah, that's
1: good. But even though if you're the leader, you're still the one with the vision, the direction, and the steering wheel. They're Mm -hmm. the gas. You've got to keep them going in the right direction and keep them enthusiastic about wanting to do it. They're the gas. Yeah. You're just the steering. You're right. the
4: GPS, and they're the entire rest of the vehicle. Correct. There Correct. you go. Correct.
1: In a 21st century analogy, yes. Right. <laughs> yeah, GPS we, we... is German Pointer short Shorthairs. No, oh, wait, never mind. That's a dog.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in a, in a separate episode, we're going to talk about the GPS thing, because sometimes my GPS takes me places I didn't think I would, I needed to go. But th- uh-huh. that's a different episode. Myra, I wanted to come to you, because I, I think you had uh, earlier, you had a good question. What happens when you're stressed and as a leader and you don't even necessarily realize it because you've normalized this high-stress environment day after day.
3: And I ask the question because I don't know the answer to it, but I have experienced it of having stressed over uh, a particular issue for so long. That was just the way things work. And once I was released of that, when I became cognizant of what I was living with, I could literally feel the weight come off my shoulders. So So,
0: Dr. Sam, I have this analogy rolling around in my head. How do you boil the frog kind of thing? You just keep turning the heat up until finally the frog is dead. But yeah, none of us want to wake up and go, hey, look, look at that. Holy hell, I'm burned out. (laughs) <laughs> Which I think actually is what happens a lot of the times. At least that's some of my story. What, what say you right. about
2: that? I think that's exactly right. And that's what I uh, thought when Meyer asked the question. If you're running on high stress, and you get to a point where you finally recognize it. You don't recognize you've been under stress. You realize that you're done. Mm. And, you know, that I called it surprise burnout. It's like, when did I get here? How is this who I am at this moment? And if you rewind the, the clock and look back, you go, oh. Is a compounding effect of all these stressors that I've been taking on and dealing with, usually by myself, or at least with a small group of people, and carrying that weight and done nothing with it. No therapy, no coaching, no counseling, no exercise maybe, and all the stress is there. And then one day, it's just done. Your body shuts you down. I think about uh, Million Dollar Baby when Morgan Freeman is uh, narrating. And he says, roughly, Getting knocked out is your body's way of saying, all right, you're clearly not doing this right. I'll take it from here. You just lay down and rest for a minute. Right. So <laughs> when you get the brain, okay, you're doing it wrong. So stop and you need to reconsider what's going on. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. That's good. That's good ad- advice there too. And a shameless plug for us here in the no more leadership BS podcast is engage with one of us to help you get that outside or separate perspective on all that thing. Geoff, it just seems to me like play is the not the only answer, but one of the best answers to to functioning in this world where we're stressed all the time. How do we get micro, if that's the right description, how do we get micro opportunities to flush that cortisol out of our system? Where g- Give us something that we can use and implement tomorrow to get that cortisol thing to, to not be a drip anymore. We just, we got to get the drip out.
4: Yeah. It's really hard, especially if you're in a situation where there's stress all the time at work. The one thing I would say that would, the easiest, simplest possible thing is to stop what you're doing, breathe, and then watch a video on YouTube of your favorite comedian for five minutes. Just yeah, whatever makes you laugh. Give yourself a moment, even just a few minutes, to laugh, breathe, and laugh. Those things that because that breath, your breath is super important for helping flush cortisol. So when you exercise, that's another thing. Exercise is a good cortisol flusher. Getting out and actually walking is another one. But breathing and then laughter, do those right away, and that will help you like refocus, reengage the frontal lobe.
0: Yeah, we're not talking about the exercise that I used to do, which was uh, jumping to conclusions and flying off the handle and that kind of stuff at work. We're talking about actual exercise. How about this? Go for a walk. Instead of drinking another cup of coffee or standing around the water cooler for 15 minutes, why don't you go for a walk? Something like that would help. Yes. Good. I hear Conroy's shaking his head. So what, what about exercise, buddy? I oh. never see you in the gym. I don't know.
1: <laughs> First of all, eat me. Second of all, my friend Lee Cockerell always says, you got to take care of you and your your physical health, your mental health. And I take a walk every morning at six o'clock with my dog. Serious to Mm -hmm. God. Six o'clock every morning, I'm I'm going to walk with my dog because she's got to do her business. But it's good (laughs) for me, especially during the summer. Nobody's out there and it's quiet and it's peaceful. And you think and you brainstorm in your head and you just clear your mind and set your day read for mental health i was telling i was telling you guys in the green room beforehand just picking up a book on the art of humor by cicero which is it's really a, a heady book for me because one side is in latin and the other side is in english and before you even start i'm reading the english side i don't read that <laughs> i already knew that I didn't, um, I didn't know you could read that's awesome uh, <laughs> and there's no pictures Right. Come on. But it's it, you've got to constantly be growing your mind and, and working on your mental health, but you also got to be working on your physical health, watching what you eat. And I do watch what I eat in my mouth and taking care of yourself at all times. It's You can't be any good to anyone else if you're no good to yourself. Mm-hmm. Ooh, there's a nugget to drop on
0: you. My experience, and I would encourage you as you're listening to this, if some of this is resonate with you the first step to start taking care of yourself. And hear me now, as a leader, you don't have to be Superman or Superwoman. In in fact, it's quite the opposite of that. And and you need to take care of yourself. And one of the first steps to doing that is understanding that you're not taking care of yourself and you need somebody to help you learn how to do that. You you can do it by yourself, but it's really difficult, more difficult than it needs to be. So uh, reach out to one of us, Myra and Dr. Sam and Geoff and Jeff and, and, and myself, it, it's what we do. We do it for each other. We do it with our clients and, and we'd love to help you. If this is one of the places where you're struggling, you, you don't have to keep struggling there. Reach out to us. We're all over social media. You can look in our show, show notes for email addresses, old school, stuff like that. Send up a smoke signal. and and one of us will come running. So I see by the uh, Mickey's little hand on the clock that we're out of time for this episode. I think it's been a a great one. Stress is all around us and we need to learn how to deal with it more, more better. We got to get better at it. And uh, any of of us can help you do that. So for Myra Hall, Dr. Sam Jennings, Jeff Geoff McLaughlin and Jeff Conroy, I'm Jeff Geyer. You don't have to live with stress any longer, and this is the no more BS. No, it's not. It is the no more leadership <laughs> BS. We have lots of BS, but there's no leadership BS here. We'll see you next week. Have a great stress less week, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye, bye bye, everybody. Bye. Better bye.